Abba Yahweh, again, you have blessed me, graced me with this day, this new day, and this opportunity to share your word and your truth, Father God. Conduit from your treasury to your other treasury, your children, Father God. You've made us, created all of us to be brothers and sisters, to share these words, to encourage, to uplift, and if need be, to admonish. They that have an ear, let them hear, Father God, to open their eyes, spiritual eyes, to see around them and understand and know what is going on. Father God, thank you for this day, your new day. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Barakitos, Aman. So, brothers and sisters, come to you to share more from this treasury, this beautiful and to go into this treasury and to walk around and just see all the beauty that is there. And that's what I call the Bible for me is his treasury. And he allows me to go in and to be a conduit of his knowledge, wisdom, his love, his grace, and all that is contained in this treasury to share and bless others with that. And in doing that, I am so richly blessed to have the opportunity that he graces me every single day with that. I am blessed by that. And mercifully, he allows me to continue and move through the day. Because I've shared with you before, brothers and sisters, if he, if it wasn't his grace and his absolute love for us and his mercy to hold back what we deserve... Because what he allows and what he gives us and what he graces us with, we don't deserve, brothers and sisters, because you have to understand, in the word of God, nothing that we do can earn, nothing we do earns our way into heaven or salvation. Nothing we do, we cannot earn it. (coughs) Pardon me. It's not earned by what we do or how we act or do to other people. God's only begotten son came to this earth, was crucified and took our sins upon himself so that we would have the opportunity to say, yes, father, I believe that Jesus Christ did that for me. I accept that. I believe it. I want to have faith in you and I want the Holy Spirit to guide my life and take that. Take that mantle onto yourself. That's how you get your salvation. You have to declare it. You don't just go about being good and and going by a church every time you walk your dogs or that you walk around with your Bible and that you absorb this. It doesn't work that way. You have to declare it. You have to say, yes, I accept Jesus Christ as the only begotten son. Your only begotten Son, Abba Yahweh, Father God, maker of all things made. I accept that. I believe that. I want to have faith in you. I want to believe in you. And I want the Holy Spirit to guide my steps. And the Bible talks about those steps. In the book of Proverbs, I believe it's 3, 6. Let me flip back there right quick. (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. 
Be not wise in thine own eyes for the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It will be a healthy thing for you to not try to declare yourself to be in charge. We run into problems in that. We do that. We have a tendency to do that. And we also have a tendency to believe that we've got it under control and we won't go to God because we think that it's a very trivial thing. So we're not going to go. We're not going to ask for his help. Let me let me just share with you, brothers and sisters. God is a really good motorcycle mechanic or electrician, a plumber, and other things. And if it's something that needs help, more help with, I mean, he doesn't come in and you have to understand, it's not like Disney with a magic wand and he taps you on the head and everything's done. He doesn't come out and he tap you on the head and, and whatever you're working on is fixed. It doesn't work that way. God guides you. He leads you. He leads you through the Holy Spirit and he understands what you're working on. When you ask for his help, he will help and he will guide. <laughs> He's done that many times with me. He'll do that with anyone. All you have to do is ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. You need to ask. You need to declare. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your only as your Savior and the only begotten Son of God, and you don't have faith in God, it's it's an easy thing to do. You can do it on your own. You can do it with somebody that you trust and and you know is worshipful and prayerful and, and have them pray with you if you feel comfortable doing that or just do it on your own. You can do that too. It's not a great, doesn't take a, a lot of pomp and circumstance, doesn't take a whole big parade. You simply bow your head and acknowledge his holiness and say you are are creator of all things, Father God. I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten son and I accept that. I believe that. I want to believe that. I want to have faith in you and I want your Holy Spirit to guide my steps. Yes, I do. And yes, I will. And that's all it takes. But you need to be in the Word. You need to study the Bible. You need to stay in the Word of God. It will guide you. The Holy Spirit will take you to certain scriptures. You need to be prayerful. Need to the fellowship is very important. And there are sad things that are going on in this world around us. But here's the thing. You have a lot of folks that declare, oh, that's all doom and gloom. I don't want to hear about doom and gloom. I don't want to hear about that. I just want to hear about the nice stuff. Well, they're fooling themselves and they're leaning into their own understanding exactly what I just, the Bible tells us not to do. They're declaring that everything around them is, if they ignore it, it's going to go away. <laughs> Pardon me. If they pretend it's not happening, then it's, it's not happening. Oh, it still happens. Whether you throw yourself in your easy chair, you become complacent, lazy, and slothful in, in sharing the, the word of God, the gospel, and the Bible says that there are those that are that way. And it admonishes, do not be lazy and slothful. You have to get out and exercise this word. 
And doing that, you just simply share with people. You treat people rightly. You treat people as you should as a brother and sister. Because we are all brothers and sisters. There is no color separation. There is no, the walls and partitions that are, are thrown up between color and race and caste and system and because they have or they have not, those are all erected by the foundations of the devil's minions and we helped to build them. We in our minds and what we feel and believe help to build those partitions. It is up to us and the character of our hearts to accept the love of God, <coughs> pardon me, and the leading of the Holy Spirit and pull those down by the salvation of Jesus Christ who came to die for me and anyone else that hear and accept his teaching, his preaching, his leading, the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anyone that is there and in there truly, and they develop that character in their heart, can pull those walls down, pull those partitions down, because we are responsible for putting them up and allowing them to stay. God determined the tonation. We determine the character of our heart. We must not allow these characteristics to continue, brothers and sisters. You look around you in the world today with real vision, not with this pretend, oh, if I don't see it or I pretend it's not there, it'll just go away. It doesn't happen that way. You must stay in prayer. You must have faith. You must believe. Brothers and sisters, I share with you as well. What I do share with you comes straight from the Bible. It's not about doom and gloom. It's not about all this. And, and again, I'm going to go back to those doom and gloomers. Shame on you. How dare you call the promises of God, the promises from Lord Jesus Christ, doom and gloom? What is wrong with you? I do admonish you heartily. Call it doom and gloom? Are you so holding on, so tightly holding on to this temporal plane of existence that you refuse to let go and believe the word of God and that the promise to be with him eternally is doom and gloom? I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm absolutely puzzled by that. Puzzled, agitated, and I do heartily admonish you for that because you are sharing false doctrine and false teachings. Are you one of those that has we've been warned of in the Bible that you declare that anybody that talks about the prophecies and the word of God this way and declares his second coming and all that is doom and gloomer? You better do some serious self-examination. You look in the mirror and you examine who is looking back at you. Is that a true Christian or a SpongeBob Christian, a cultural Christian, and one that is going to step down in cowardice, step aside and compromise and just throw their hands up and give up? Brothers and sisters, that is talked about in the Bible as well. That before the coming of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, before he comes again, there will be a great falling away. And however, there are those that talk about, oh, 
Well, let's just say, yeah, but what about the pouring out of the Spirit? Yeah, let's talk about the pouring out of the Spirit. Yes, that is going to happen as well. There will be a great pouring out of the Spirit. There will be a, a great rendering and there will be a great changing of mind because people are starting to observe, see, hear, and believe the truth. They're not believing the lies. And there will be a great pouring out of the Spirit of the Lord. But the thing of it is, oh, brothers and sisters, <coughs> pardon me, we need to be sharing that gospel so that people have an opportunity to know about it so that they can confess it and declare it, believe it, and accept. They can say, yes, I heard that. I want that. Father, I want to have your spirit in me. That requires us to share the word of God. But the Bible also declares that there will be a great falling away. There will be those that just, they can't hang on. They can't hold on. They refuse to hold on. They give up in the middle of the race. Are you going to be one of those that just throws your hands up, you become discouraged, and you absolutely just walk away from God who created you? There are those that are doing so now. There are those that are in the church now that actually don't have any faith in God. They don't have any intention in reading. They go because it's more of a clubhouse to them. The church is a gathering place where they can see people that they know, that they've grown up with and around, that they wouldn't see any other way except to go to church. And, they, and primarily that's why they go. They've made it a clubhouse. It's not a worship fellowship. It's just a fellowship that they can be around people that they know and recognize. And that's it. There's no real truth in their worship. And it talks about in the word of God, it talks about that very thing. It talks about that very thing. And in John 4, 23, 24, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Brothers and sisters, the word of God talks about those that do not and will not. They're here now. They are around now. Sadly, they are here and around us now. They, they go to church. They meet and greet, but it's not truth. They don't go and worship in spirit. They don't worship in truth. And sometimes they're just there to hang out. Like I said, they're there not in true fellowship. They're not there with the spirit of truth in them. And some of you might say, who are you to say? I am who I am. And I am what God tells me I am. That's who I am, and that's how I speak this, because I do speak the truth. I have told you, brothers and sisters, I speak the truth. 
And what God gives to me, I will say. What he allows me to say, I will say. And if you find that offensive, then don't listen anymore. And remember what I've said, I don't care. Not that I don't care with compassion in there, because it does. If you don't listen and you don't hear the gospel and you don't hear the truth, I do care about that. That makes me sad. What I don't care about is your validation. I don't need your validation to continue and to do this. God's validation has already been given to me. And if he doesn't want me to share something or to say something, then he doesn't allow it to happen. That's also happened a couple times. I think I've shared that with you. And if not, then I'll tell you anyway. I became too much, the platform that I was going to speak on was too much about me. And he didn't allow it to happen. The Holy Spirit came in and changed that. That's what it's about. That's why I signed a blank contract. See, I'm not in a temporal mind. I am in my right mind. And that right mind is that when God handed me that blank contract and handed me the pen that was filled with the blood of Jesus Christ, and I signed my name. See, in a temporal mindset, nobody would sign a blank contract because then the person taking the contract can do and make anything they want up. But see, here's the point. That is Abba Yahweh, Father, God, maker of all things made. He can do that because he's sovereign. He is sovereign in my life, over my life, over this world, everything about it. So yeah, I signed a blank contract. God can make it and do whatever he wants. I have faith in my God. I have faith that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son. I have had too many things shown and proven to me. And I pray, brothers and sisters, for your strength and your uprightness and your boldness in the gospel of Jesus Christ daily, daily, every day am I going out and my coming in. Before I start my day, I pray for you and me for that boldness, strength, and uprightness to be in the word. And when I lay down and I go to bed at night, my coming in, I do the same thing. For your peace, your understanding, your boldness, your uprightness, your courage, and thank my Father God for the day. And he raises me up the next day. And I repeat, stir, and there I go again. And that's how it must be, brothers and sisters. We have to pray one for another. And in John 4, 23, 24, <laughs> we have to understand The hour cometh. What does that mean? That means that John is talking. John is writing about this time. This is what this scripture comes from, brothers and sisters. So you know, this is when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. And he actually sent the disciples on an errand because he wanted to meet with her himself. And you have to understand that Jesus Christ had not been making a public declaration up to this point. His uh, 
witnessing had been limited to, you know, and, and not, um, it was not a public thing. I mean, he did the miracles and he did the things there, but it was not uh, something. And then he secreted himself away. He didn't, he didn't stay out there and make a public declaration on this stuff. But here he sent his disciples away. And he sent them to get meat and to get supplies and things for them to walk. And then he waited. He sat down at the well. A well that was dug and set by Jacob. And this was, <laughs> here's, here's for me the sad and funny part at the same time. And we talk about the walls and partitions. <laughs> Jacob dug the well. It was Jacob. Jacob was the nation of Israel. The father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember that? And it's so funny to me, funny, sad to me, not funny in hilarity. But it's sadness of partition that went up because there was a time when they used to invoke that and recite that prayer. All praise to the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the woman at the well, Samaritan woman, came to this well. And Jesus was at the well. This well that was dug by Jacob. And he was explaining to her the water of life. As Moses brought the water from the rock in the desert when God commanded him. And he disobeyed, actually. Remember, God told him to speak the word and instead he knew that the children of Israel were more in tune to the staff so he went out and he wrapped the rock well God brought the water out for them he did but Moses disobeyed God he told them to speak but instead he went out and he did what the people wanted to see and not what God told him to do do we not become like that at times brothers and sisters <coughs> pardon me <coughs> Sorry about that. But do we not do that same thing? We decide what people are going to be used to seeing and hearing, so then we speak that way. And the word tells us that if we have to admonish, then we should do so. We should be bold and upright in that word. Jesus was talking to the woman about the water. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will be in him as a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The fountain of life. Living waters. Jesus Christ is our rock. And as the rock in the desert the water came forth to help the children survive and it flowed out like a river. Do you know how many children there were when Israel left Egypt and all the people that came in their camp? We're not talking just a few hundred. We're not even talking a couple of thousand. We are talking about a nation that was in slavery and bondage for decades, actually, from the time that uh, the Pharaoh, after the Pharaoh, when Joseph went in and brought the children of Israel into Egypt, they lived in the land of Goshen. 
And they lived there because he could protect them and feed them and care for them. And he knew that famine was, and, and uh, drought had covered the land. So he brought Israel into the land of Goshen where they lived. And they had children and the nation grew and the nation grew and the nation grew more and more and more and more. And when the new Pharaoh came in, when the old Pharaoh had died and the new Pharaoh came in, um, became concerned about the children of Israel because the nation was growing. So then they put them in bondage and slavery and decided to keep them down and limit their feeding and drive them into bondage slavery and keep them into that type of living so that they could control them. They limited what they were told, what they could have, and what they could keep, contrary to what the previous pharaoh had given to them. Hmm, sounds kind of familiar, but let's not go there, shall we? But that's how it is. That's how they control. And that's what they did there. But in that living water that God, that Jesus Christ offered and he shared with this woman at the well. And I think Jesus sent his disciples away because, well, in particular, Peter, and he would convince others that, and he always seemed to question. At this time, until later on, until Jesus took a hold of him and, and told him that he would be a foundation, that he came into the reality of the truth. Because truthfully and honestly, Peter also had a lot of partitions that were set up as did most of the disciples had partition James and John had partitions they had and they had great issue with Samaritans as did Peter and many and and some of the others that followed Jesus they just listened to his words and they wanted to do appropriately as did Peter James and John they did as well but they still had these partitions that they had to work on and even later in the word, after Jesus had already been crucified and risen, there was still a separation and Peter was given a vision. And that vision was to show him that the petition had to come down and had to be down and the gospel had to be shared with everyone. Sometimes we are to be admonished Peter was admonished a few times, as were the others. And being admonished is not as if you're being beaten and painful. It's only painful if you allow it to be painful, for crying out loud, brothers and sisters. Some of you all out there, and, and it happens to me, God admonishes me. The Holy Spirit comes in and points out something that I am not doing correctly. I thank God for that, and I thank God sometimes for the tough times that I thank him for teaching me through it. And I don't whine and cry about why, God, why, God, why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this happening? I ask God what he's trying to teach me. And I thank him through the adversity and thank him for whatever lesson he's trying to give. That's what we need to do. We need to take hold of things and turn them around. So you doom and gloomers out there that are whining and bellowing about, oh my gosh, this guy talks about doom and gloom. Then take your hands, turn it around and look at it for what it is, the truth in the gospel and the prophecies of the word of God telling us that these things are going to happen before the return of the Son of Man, the coming of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, 
that was promised to us and it will happen. Whether you like it or you don't like it, it's going to happen and it's not doom and gloom. Your perspective needs to, your glasses need to be cleaned off. Stop trying to look through rosy tinted glasses at all the prettiness and listen to the truth. Look around you. It's a dark place. We have those that are in the fellowship that are actually putting their hands up, becoming complacent, slothful, and they walk away. <clears throat> this is part of the falling away that is prophesied that will take place before the return of the Son of Man, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord King Jesus. It will happen. Whether you want it to or you don't want it to or you don't like to hear about it, it's going to happen because the word of God says so, period. God said it, it's true, I share it, period. It will take place. But what we need to be is faithful and true to the word. And just like it is said here, but the hour cometh, now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So don't go to church as a, as a meeting hall, as a place to go and hang out, and as your little cliquish place, but go as, a, as the house of God and a place to worship him that you can gather and be in true fellowship. As the word tells us too, that we greet one another with a holy kiss. We greet one another and we bless each other for the day. We pray for one another. We pray over what is being shared. And as true believers, we are responsible for that. The Bible tells us to do so. We also must pray over our pastors. A lot of times that's forgotten because many people will assume that they're a leader, that they already pray powerful and that they have somehow more than what the other members have. Well, no, they don't. It's different. That's all. It's just different. I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters. We are each anointed differently. We are all called to do the same thing, to share the word of God, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth which is in the Bible, period. Now, the anointing or the gifts might be because some, there are those that will whine and cry and they do, and I'm going to say that often because that's what it is. Well, how come I can't do that? How come I can't get up and do that? How come I can't? And brothers and sisters, I share this with you because the enemy tries to get that in my head quite often, actually. And I know it's the enemy because as soon as I rebuke it and I claim the Holy Spirit, then it goes. It goes away. Because if we allow, remember I shared the two spirits and, and that poem, there are two spirits that beat within my chest. One in love, the other I detest. And which character do you allow to grow? The one you nurture the best and that should be the spirit of love. And remember, I shared with you too, a different analogy was the dream that the man was having about the two dogs. And then when the pastor asked him which dog won, 
And then, as is the way of some stories, he didn't say which color, but he just said, the one I feed the best. The black dog, of course, being the not-so-good-natured creature that lives in there and was always seeming to be mean and starting fights and, and uh, disruptive. Whenever the other one was getting fed, the white dog was getting fed, the black dog would come in and want to start some trouble and commotion. So the analogy for both of those is exactly the same. We have natures that beat within our chest. We have natures in our heart. And that character that we decide to develop the best and grow and nurture is the one that will develop and grow. So the tonation being what God has chosen and the character being what we choose to allow. Are we allowing the character of love that God has put into us to grow and and nurture others and to be showing others the light of the spirit within? And as it is said in the scripture in many places and as it talks about in the book of Revelation and other ports of the Bible, that they can't both live in there. We can't, it can't. You either allow the demons to build their foundation and erect their partitions and their walls and their little home of that, and they grow and they stay in there and you keep them in there. Then you throw yourself slothfully down in your easy chair and you become slothful, slovenly toward the spirit and the sharing of the gospel. And then you just roll the stone over the little tomb that you've put yourself into. And then you kick your feet back and say, yeah, I'm not going to go to church today. I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to read the word today. You know, I think I'm just going to give up. This being a Christian is too hard. And that is the falling away, brother and sister. You just became a member of the falling away that is spoken of in the Bible. You just walked right into that. Brothers and sisters, it's happening around today. The numbers and percentages are actually huge. We just don't hear about those numbers often. But let me tell you, let me share this with you. There are pastoral seminars that take place when pastors come together and they meet. Just like when teachers have a meeting in school, which isn't being done much anymore at all. But Brothers and sisters, these things are taking place. The numbers are increasing, that people are turning away. They are falling away, but they're not falling away, just like you don't fall in love. You don't, it's the walking away, the deciding to leave. They turn their back. They refuse to have faith in God. They've either become too too lazy and they don't stay in the word, or They decide that God isn't giving them everything that they want, so they're walking away. There's a number of reasons, and that doesn't matter. Judgment is not mine to make toward them. It is to share the word, to admonish, to encourage, to pray over, because the word tells us to do that very thing. We are to pray for one another, brothers and sisters. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Brothers and sisters, the truth 
and his wisdom, his knowledge, his wisdom, his truth, his love, his compassion, everything that is in this treasury is what I share and I teach. And I share, and like I, I have no problem telling you if it's meant to be an, an admonishment, you'll know it because the Holy Spirit's going to reach out, it's going to grab your heart in his hand, and he's going to squeeze. Not to cause pain, but that squeezing is is a drawing attention. You're going to say, oh, my gosh. My Father God, forgive me. I feel it. I hear you. I feel it, and I hear you talking to me. I hear you speaking to me. Father God, give me strength to correct. Holy Spirit, guide me through corrective steps. Lead my steps. Guide my steps. In Colossians chapter 3, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So for you doom and gloomers and think that, oh my gosh, he's talking about that again. Yeah, I'm talking about it again. It's the truth that's written in the word of God and it is truth from him. He said it, I believe it, so I'm sharing it, period. And if you're a doom and gloomer, then what you need to do is you need to look in that mirror and talk to yourself, explain to yourself. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And remember, I shared with you also, brothers and sisters, if you seek offense, you'll find it. If you seek the truth, you're going to find that. And if you decide that you want to walk around and, and be bathed with the lies and, and anointed with the oil of deceit, then you'll have plenty of opportunity for that. It's happening every day. Seek the truth. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. So if you are already, and there are many that do, change that, brothers and sisters. Repent and just change and start looking higher. Change the elevation of your vision. The things that are down here are temporal. They are temporal which means that they will pass away. They will turn to dust. They will rush. They will decay. But if you set your eyes on the Lord and the things above, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then ye shall also appear with him in glory. Brothers and sisters, when he rose and his disciples saw him rise, into the clouds and were transfigured. He was changed to his glorified body and he appeared as he was going to appear in heaven. Brothers and sisters, we will be that way when he comes for us and he takes us with him, which he has promised to do. It's in the word of God. God said it. It's his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom. I believe it, period. I share it, period. If you find offense in what I share, I don't care. I'm doing my father's business and I don't care 
in the way that his validation is more important than your validation. That's how I don't care. If you don't hear and you don't listen, I it hurts my heart. If you don't want to believe and learn and, and hear truth, then that hurts my heart. And I pray for you. I do. I don't judge you. That's not my place. I don't have that authority. I've not been given, and I've never been given that authority. I've been given authority over the demons. I've been given authority over the power of the devil himself because the keys were wrested from him. What he likes us to believe is that he has authority. And this is part of that white noise interference that I've shared with you before. He gets us to believe that. But brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ told the disciples, of which we are, that we have authority. We have that authority. If you allow him to take it away, if you allow him to carry it away, he didn't steal it from you. He didn't rob it from you. Well, in a manner of speaking, it's a form of robbery because if you hand it to him and and his minions walk away with it, then it's robbery. But he didn't come in and just take it from you. You gave it away. You allowed him to take it. You have relinquished your authority that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, the Messiah of the world, the Savior of the world, who is crucified for me and anyone else that would hear and believe, you gave it to him. You gave it away. But that person in Jesus Christ said that we have that authority. Verse 5, mortify therefore you, members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil, cons- oh, let me see if I can say, um, concupiscence, that's, um, if you really like really bad savages, it's basically that you really like bad Nasty things. That's what that means. And covetousness, which is idolatry. And one thing that I learned, and I didn't, I didn't look at it this way, but uh, until I really started walking with the Lord and the Holy Spirit guided my thought process and, and shared with us and taught me that the reality of what I had going on in my head before and I wasn't the man of God I should have been. I've already shared this with you and and the uh, effect that it had on my relationship with my oldest son's mother. I shared that with you already. But what I dealt with afterwards was a form of idolatry. And there are those of us out here that are do this continue. I don't do it anymore. And when I catch myself, I have to pray about it because I, I do catch it once in a while. And I see it trying to creep in. And the devil, see, this is how the devil operates. This is that little white noise thing. He gets it to be something that isn't, um, he tries to get by you so you don't notice. And what I'm talking about is when we, <coughs> pardon me, when we um, pour out affections toward a person that we start to um, try to buy things, buy our way into their uh, into their exceptions or their uh, 
you know, it, buying their affection essentially is what the, what we're doing. <clears throat> we're trying to buy our the affection of the person, you know, buy trinkets and jewelry and nice stuff like this. And then, of course, uh, there are those individuals, and you've heard the term gold diggers. <clears throat> well, do we not nurture that? Are we not responsible for nurturing that attitude? And in doing that, we are establishing a form of idolatry because we are putting that affection for that person over God. God first. And then all these things shall be added unto you. If you seek God's truth, his knowledge, his wisdom first, and you put him first, Brothers and sisters, don't you think he knows that you love a person? And if that person is the right person for you, that he will allow that relationship to be nurtured and grow? God is our good, good father. He likes us to communicate with him. And there are certain things that he sees that go on, which he he doesn't require a conversation with, but he likes us to converse with him. So if we make that known to him and we talk to him, we share with him and we ask for his guidance, the Holy Spirit will come and guide our steps. But we're seeking him first. Brothers and sisters, we have to do that in everything. The Bible tells us that we do that in everything. And as I continue reading in Colossians 3, 6, for which things, for which things sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in which ye also walketh some time when ye lived in them. You were a child of disobedience when you walked in that, and those things that are temporal and, and not good, and you helped build the partition of, uh, <clears throat> of uh, hypocrisy, and you built up those partitions that had uh, allowed you to be hateful toward other people or that you didn't care for them and like them. And then in accepting Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God, you changed, you repented, and you asked for change and repentance. But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. So all those things that we used to do, we are made new. We have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and baptized and washed clean. And we just have to walk in faith. But here again, too, there are many that are now, even now the numbers increase, that they walk away. They decide that it's too difficult to be a Christian. Brothers and sisters, let me share this with you. Do not be deceived and do not be thoughtful that it's an easy thing to be a Christian. It's not an easy thing. Why do you think that throughout the word of God, and this goes all the way back to Deuteronomy and other scriptures in the Bible, that God reminds us, be of good courage, be strong, be upright, be not afraid, be not dismayed. 
for I, thy Lord, thy God, am with you whithersoever thou goest. He, he says that throughout the scripture. Why do you think God says that? Why do you think God reminds us of things? He reminds us of things at various stages. You look, this goes all the way back nearly to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, almost to the beginning of the Bible. And then throughout the history, through the Bible, God reminds us of these things, that he is with us. He is our spirit. He is with us in spirit and truth. Because he knows that the enemy is also here. He knows that the enemy walks around roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. That has been described as coming from Jesus Christ. Peter described him as wolves and lions. Jesus Christ talked about him as the night wolves. Brothers and sisters, they come out in the darkness. They seek to shake and rattle us out of our faithful walk. And sadly, there are many that just turn away. They find it too difficult to be a Christian. It's easier to walk away. And they do. They go back to their drinking, carousing, clubbing, and whatever, and their fellowship with their friends that they gave. Remember, I've shared this with you. If you have those that declare themselves to be your friends, and yet they make fun of your faith, they make fun of your Christian walk, they make fun of the fact that you go to church every Sunday instead of clubbing with them on Sunday nights. At the dis, you know, everything happens on the weekend. They get these big uh, happy hour things going on. Brothers and sisters, I used to walk that walk. And I know that weekends were a good time to hit in happy hour, goodness gracious, because there weren't a whole lot out, at least where it didn't used to be that way. So weekends had all these crazy happy hour sales. And you could go in and you could be plowed before dark. And brothers and sisters, you used to walk that walk. Thank you, Father God, for healing me of that. And I rebuke those demons for trying to get me back there. Oh, trust me, brothers and sisters, they do. They do, indeed. And sometimes the attacks are relentless. And and some days where they just come in hard and heavy. Brothers and sisters, you have to have faith. You have to have faith. Don't walk away from the faith. Don't just give it up. And and brothers and sisters, I share this because I was guilty of that. I found it was becoming difficult, but then the Holy Spirit was squeezing on my heart and saying, look, you've got loved ones that are waiting. Pardon me. They're waiting to see you and share time with you. God is waiting and wants to share time with you. Jesus Christ is is waiting and wants to share time with you. Don't walk away. Don't give up. And I don't, brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter what goes on down here. It doesn't matter. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 100, verse 4. And therein is again another important aspect of this thing that I share with you. 
David wrote all these poems and all these psalms, songs to God, poems to God, because he knows that God likes poetry. And he does. He likes singing. I make up stuff all the time for him, and he really, really likes it. But this thing he does, David talks him. Uh, David was not perfect. And don't, and, well, how is David this and David that and David this? Remember, if you seek offense, you're going to find offense. Easily found. Truth is also easily found. David was not a perfect man. And that declaration was made of God. But what God also said was that you are a man after my own heart. Every time that David fell, he went to God, he repented, and he sought God's forgiveness, and he came back and he declared God's truth, he declared God's wisdom, and he declared God as sovereign. Brothers and sisters, there's many people that fall down and they just don't get up again. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. And failing does not make you a failure. It just means that you fell down. Are you going to get up and dust off and continue moving forward with God? Asking his forgiveness and move forward in righteousness. That's all you have to do. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Remember the scripture says that I am the good shepherd and the sheep know my voice. I've shared with you that a lot of people think that sheep are just dumb animals. I've shared with you the shepherds that go in and they actually travel together many times, when they're, especially when they're walking a great distance. And they have a fold that is out in their, in their path. It doesn't have a gate, it's open. So at night they have a watch change. You have a couple fellows that will sit at the gate and they're, they're a watch. And then when the next couple come in, it's their turn. They, they watch and the others go to sleep. And when they get ready to leave, the one shepherd at a time will go in and he calls his sheep and they will separate. They don't ever have an error. The sheep know their shepherd, his voice and a certain call that he has to them and they will follow him. The other sheep won't go because hey, that's not my guy's voice and that's not his call. I don't recognize that, so I'm going to wait here. And then he goes and he starts on his way. Then the next one goes in and he calls to his sheep. They recognize his voice, they lift their head, they turn and they go to their shepherd and so forth and so on until they're all cleaned out of the fold and they go. They don't ever have a mistake. A sheep of the flock does not make a mistake and go with the wrong shepherd. They shared with me, these fellas shared with me, they were acquaintances of mine, and they shared with me that they never had a mistake. I asked them that. I said, don't you ever have a mix-up? They don't have a mix-up. They don't have an error. The sheep know their shepherd. Brothers and sisters, we have to know our shepherd. Are we listening to the voice of the evil one and his white noise interference, which will interfere with the Holy Spirit? that tries to talk to us and guide us, know the Lord's voice. Know our shepherd's voice, brothers and sisters. If you're easily confused, then you need to get into the word and you need to pay attention to who's talking to you. Trust me in this when I share this, that the evil one, Satan, the devil, his minions, and remember this too, that Satan is not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. 
He's not omnipresent. He's not able to be present in all places at all times. And he's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. He has minions that work for him because he can't get around everywhere at once. When there's something specific that's maybe too powerful for them or more important, then he will take an opportunity to take and make his presence known there. Brothers and sisters, you have to know the shepherd's voice. Listen to that shepherd's voice. Recognize that shepherd's voice. You enter into the gates of thanksgiving and praise the Lord God Almighty for everything. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. It is powerful and true. And in Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to share this with you and then I'm going to let y'all go. I know I tend to get carried away with the word of God, but that cannot be helped. I can't help it and I'm not going to try to. I apologize about it, but you know what? I take that back. I can't be sorry about sharing the word of God. This is, this is what God wants me to do, and this is what I must do. And I like it. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Your moderation, what does that mean? That means not your carousing and carrying on and all these things. And you just tell people, if they try to get you to do this thing, say, hey, my faith in God and I'm walking with the Lord and, and I don't do that anymore. You let them know. People at my job, they know. And sometimes they ask about it. And I just talk to them about it. Be anxious. Actually, the word says in this, in the King James translation, be careful for nothing. What that means is don't be anxious for anything. You don't have to be. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't get anxious. Don't get all worked up like we do, as I've shared with you, that God has given us the capability of forethought. And sometimes we allow that forethought to carry us away into anxiousness and getting all uptight and worked up about things. Oh, I can't get that in on the schedule. Oh, my gosh. And some people, you look at their calendars that they have, Every single day <clears throat> that hasn't even come yet is filled with notations. And, and there are days that there's multiple things scheduled for each day all through the entire calendar. And then they get all uptight because they're not able to complete some tasks on given days. And then they get all wrapped up and they get all bowed out of shape. Well, it tells us not to do that. And the peace of God... Be with you, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Remember, I share this with you in the mindset. Brothers and sisters, are we allowing our mindset in Jesus Christ to govern our thoughts process? Are we allowing the enemy's white noise of interference to guide that? So brothers and sisters, I love you. I pray for you going out and coming in. You have a blessed day.